seeing the mess also takes away the the perfection, right? Because yeah. I think if if you say like, no, you're starting here, you're going to get here and it's going to happen in a blink of an eye. And then the instant somebody says, well, that sounds perfect. And then it's not perfect. Now you just set yourself up for a lot of criticism. And well, you, you see it with individuals all the time where it's like, oh, that perfect person. Oh, look, he did this or yes. she did that. They fall off that pedestal real quick. This is Digital Marketer. Hey everyone, this is Mark DeGrasse, the president of Digital Marketer, and this is the podcast that keeps you up to date on everything you need to know when it comes to digital marketing, from the platforms you need to be focused on to the kind of tactics and tools that are working today. Today, our guest is Christine Marie. She just got back from the Sundance Film Festival, where she talked about female empowerment in the film industry which I think is super cool. So welcome, Christine. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. So let's just launch into that. You know, you, you know, the, the film industry that's uh, sort of marketing. I actually consider all entertainment a form of marketing. So let's just talk about uh, that topic and yeah. kind of uh, your input on it. So actually, it was my debut feature film. Uh, we wrapped uh, two weeks ago. So we started shooting January 1 and, and it was a 12-day blitz it was it was fun we we all stayed in an hotel right near the the site in which we were filming and it was quite an ordeal and it was so fun and it was my first time again doing a feature film i've done a lot of commercial work and and theater in the past and i kind of kept that part of my life a little bit private because i didn't know many other people in that world and so it was just this secret hobby that I just loved. Um, and so I've spent so much time in the business world over the last few years. I started my business in 2019 and have been really cultivating that. Uh, we do branding and marketing and take a, a very empathy-driven approach in the way that we look at customers, uh, the way that we look at the brands themselves to make sure that they really resonate with the target audience and terms of the messaging and then the marketing strategies that they put forward. And it was so interesting because, you know, I got the call that that I was cast for this movie and it was so exciting. Um, but it was my first time and I was like, where do I start? Oh. It was just, it was, I felt a little bit unsure, but as I was diving into the script and as I was going through the character development aspect of, of looking at the role, I realized how much of everything that we've done on the business side in terms of looking at our target market, exploring their core motivations, looking at their aspirations and dreams and goals and fears, all of that was so like, so equipped me to be able to look at this character and we use the Enneagram. Have you ever heard of that? The oh, personality yeah. test? Yeah. So we always use the Enneagram when we create our target audiences for our customers. And so I use the Enneagram when looking at this character and, and use the Enneagram to assign it with all the other characters who are in part of the script as well. And it was, it was so fun to see how much empathy, you know, it's, People are starting to talk about it much more so around storytelling, but empathy is really the, the heart of being able to tell a compelling story because the, the person who's listening needs to be able to feel connected with the individual, you know, relaying the story. And so it was, it was so fun to be able to see how empathy really actually empowered me to be able to step into that role and, and take on this woman who, you know, she wanted her husband to be more present. She wanted her husband to see her because he was so busy with work and so distracted. Um, and so it was a really cool opportunity to just get into her mind and actually employ the business tactics in the entertainment industry. Oh, that's huge. I didn't even think about that, but that makes total sense because we always talk about our cu customer avatar, right? Where we're saying, and for our, us, the customer avatar is not just like, hey, the demographics of whatever. It's like, no, yes. 
What are their fears and frustrations? Yeah. What are their wants and aspirations? Uh, right. What did they look like before they used your product? And what do they look like after yeah. they use your product? And so from a character perspective, we even call it, we call it the character diamond sometimes. So it's, yeah. that's genius to use for your, your part. Yeah. I love your, I love what you just said, the character diamond. I tell me about that. Like, what is that, that picture? I just, I, oh, that's a, I want to hear from you. <laughs> we usually do it from a brand perspective, but um, basically Ryan Dice wrote an article about it. I think it's on medium, uh, but he talks about the character diamond kind of figuring out what is the character of your business and how do people perceive it in relation yes. to like a character in a movie. So mm -hmm. for us, he said that our character diamond digital marketer is, uh, uh, who did he say? Forrest Gump. He said like, oh, oh we just <laughs> know how to do everything and we just get the job done. And, you know, that kind of relationship. I think we're more Ferris Bueller, which is like <laughs> yeah. kind of a kind of a sneaky guy. Not that we're sneaky, he's, but he's like something up his <laughs> he's always got something going on. And I'm like, yeah. I think that's more more us. But the process is amazing yeah. because it basically says, hey, list all your character or list your favorite books, magazines, conferences, like all these different yeah. things. Uh, and then try to look at the the main character of those elements and list their traits. And so I did this because I read a lot of books. And so yeah. I listed my my top 20 books and I pulled the characters out and I found that every character that was my favorite character had the same traits in all of them. Interesting. And I was like, heard oh. them, if I may. Oh, it was funny because they're, they're smart. They're uh, not conniving, but they usually have plans. Uh, they're funny. They're yeah. self-deprecating and they have all these things. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's what I kind of want to be. And so yeah. it's, it's Isn't super that so interesting. I think that's, I, I love that concept of that's kind of who I want to be understanding who they, who is their hero. And I love that you're doing the customer diamond, not just for the target market, but for the company itself. I actually believe that I found this time and time again, that brands just start selling and they start buying and they start, you know, it, doing business and they forget mm. that they're actually, it's the person to person connection. And I was speaking about this at traffic and conversion, how people are so hungry for authenticity. They're looking for not just talking to big brands anymore who have been manipulative. They're looking for people to connect with. And so if the brand can actually have an avatar or actually have a personality and a humanness to their presentation, I mean, gosh, that drives connections so much better than th those big conglomerate TV ads that that our parents, you know, grew grew up consuming. And they were at the time, the lack of emotional intelligence and wherewithal at that mm -hmm. time, which was just so focused on sur not survival so much, but just doing and, yeah. and not so much of the being. Now we have a target market who is fixated on being and fixated on, especially post-COVID, what does it look like for me to be emotionally and mentally healthy? The consumer has really, really changed. And so it's so imperative that brands really take, to your point, the, the character uh, diamond and allow for that to infiltrate their presentation of themselves. Well, I love how you talk about the the target, like everybody's target market change, because I think prior to COVID and us kind of being stuck in a hole for a little bit <laughs> with yeah, nothing to do so and <laughs> nobody to talk to. Uh, like that empathy piece is so much more important. And I think it was a, a good self-reflection of, of ourselves where we didn't see us as the thing we present to everybody every day because we weren't seeing everybody every day. So no makeup, no haircut. Like you start to, to realize bad things about yourself maybe. And that's what's real, you know? Yes. We, we don't want a perfect character. Those are yeah. boring. 
Yeah. And that's so, I love that you just said that. Actually, I was talking with someone about this just the other day. It's so funny you mentioned it because being stripped from everyone around you who you have used as a crutch to inform who Mm -hmm. you are, you know, when you strip that away and actually I I addressed this on the panel, it was, it it really, you come face to face, you, you were forced to look in the mirror of your soul and Mm -hmm. what do you What's reflecting back to you? And the more, you know, we're, we're no longer able to hide it because we're alone with ourselves. And, you know, we were talking before we started recording about being introverted versus extroverted. And mm-hmm. it's it's so interesting because I actually find that a lot more people now are coming to the realization, oh, I'm much more introverted than I thought. And I think it's because they spent so much time <laughs> being is. alone and being contented with who they are because before we were so distracted. And I, I find that I'm being tempted to air back into those ways of just being so busy. I mean, I've been home two days this entire month, you know, and it's, oh, wow. it's so easy to, to move away from the solitude that allowed for your soul to be cultivated. And so how do we now today allow for us to still exist in human connection? That's so vital, but then allow for the space and time to ensure that we continue to cultivate ourselves to then be able to present ourselves authentically and have that human to human person to person connection that the consumer really craves. Yeah. I mean, that's what everybody wants. And I think how you do it is you just try to do it. You know, instead of falling into patterns and just like, well, I guess this is how things are. You say, no, (laughs) I'm going to intentionally be reflective and I'm Mm going to intentionally, you know, for me, like I meditate every day now, which is funny because I, I actually meditated first when I was like 15 years old. And then I took like 20 years off and then now I do it a lot more again, but now, but that's the solitude, like the solitude that introverts crave. You can have technically we all have it every second of the day because nobody could read our minds. And so mm-hmm. you're completely alone most mm-hmm. of the time, but I like that. Try fill it in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I actually love the perspective of if we're living mindfully and actually aware, we have way more solitude and access to that place of uh, and solace. I mean, truly to be able to, to be alone with ourselves and ensure that we're that we're doing well. It's like calibrating, you know, how am I doing in this moment? And am I bringing my healthiest self to the forefront? And then that stimulates the connection with others that can actually be life-giving. So I, I love that approach. And then as it pertains to the brands and the character development, as you said, people kind of want to see the mess now. How mm. have you guys found that to be the case when you're allowing for that to come into life and, and manifest for your clients? Well, you know, what's funny is the, you know, for a digital marketer, you know, we're not perfect, right? <laughs> we, we're working, we're figuring stuff out, but marketing is a constant cycle of figuring out new stuff again and again and again. Right. So there's always going to be mistakes. And so I think it's, it's just acknowledging those mistakes and like, Hey, we'll fix it. Like, you know, there's no better right. customer service experience than somebody who says, Hey, did you know this is not right? And you're like, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Here, we'll fix it here. We'll take care of the whole situation that person now knows that you understand that you're not perfect, but you're willing to develop. And now they're a much more committed, you know, brand advocate. And actually, I I wrote about this with Tesla, or not Tesla, uh, SpaceX, Mm because back before they had landed the rocket, like it was a process of a bunch of stuff exploding consistently on camera. (laughs) Yeah. Nobody said, hey, you know, I I think even Elon Musk said, like, if we blow, if we can't land this last one, like, we're probably done. But up until that point, it was like, no, exposing your development process and your failures and everything Mm -hmm. shows people you're working and it's Mm -hmm. real. 
they'll be like perfect. It's so true. I, we were, um, I was talking with my team earlier today and, uh, we were in the middle of a project for one of our clients where we're doing just a complete audit of every single part of their business. And one of the things we've been looking at, you know, we spoke with their vendor who's doing the social media and, and the vendor was explaining how they're a little bit caught between a rock and a hard place because the client does not like to present the messiness of the process Mm -hmm between that transformation, because you have to sell the transformation. But if you only sell the before and afters and you don't talk about the process, well, a customer is probably going to be unpleasantly surprised mm. at the mess, especially because this was a home service company, right? Yeah. But even still, if you are coming in and, and revamping a business, you're probably going to have a lot of uncomfortable conversations. And if you don't allow for the for the full picture to be conveyed of this is how we get to the transformation, I mean, gosh, again, to your point, people want to see the mess and they want to know what is going to actually take place. Mm. Well, and and seeing the mess also takes away the the perfection, right? Because I think if if you say like, no, you start here, you're going to get here and it's going to happen in a blink of an eye. And then the instant somebody says, well, that sounds perfect. And then it's (laughs) not perfect. Now you just set yourself up for a lot of criticism and well, you you see it with individuals all the time where it's like, oh, that perfect person. Oh, look, he did this or she did that. They fall off that pedestal real quick. It's not good for the brand. No, No, it's so, so true. And it's really, I think that that's where it comes to the customer journey. Um, You know, if if you really truly understand the entire process of that customer funnel all the way through, not only conversion, but to how do we delight them to the point where they're now our greatest advocate, it really outlining that entire process and then selling it to them in just a really transparent way. People want to know what to expect. And that's what a strong brand does. You know, they really set the expectation for the experience. And then that's what people can not only then be the customer, but then they tell everybody about you, you know, they delivered exactly what they promised to me. And then they went above and beyond rather Mm than, well, gosh, I barely even got my expectations met because there was this whole big, like black funnel or what is a black hole in the middle (laughs) that wasn't sold to me. So that's a good point. Yeah. No, I think I think the expert saying is uh, really pivotal to setting up a good process and keeping more people happy because I, you know, if you sell perfection and and that's what people expect, then yeah, you could fail in anything less than perfection. Mm-hmm. So, in regards to kind of setting up that empathy with your your customer and uh, you know setting up some realistic expectations that show that you're not perfect, uh, do you have any practices where you could kind of show that imperfection without? being too imperfect like yeah yeah i love <laughs> the balance we don't want to push them away oh um, we have nothing together like oh no don't know. say that um i actually have found that the more that we can empower executives at the organizations with their own uh presence on online has been mm. really really um it's just been a very effective way to tell the story of the business and the transformation through that the mouthpiece of a person. And because the consumer is looking to connect with a person, I mean, ideally, the brand's developing a strong character of themselves so that they can be the ones conveying the story. But taking the time to really build out that editorial calendar for um, the executives so that we're tying in what are your personal values with the business values? How do they overlap? What are your personal stories with the brand? And then frankly, Mark, you do a great job at this of 
showcasing your family online. It's, it's beautiful. Mm. And I feel like I've gotten to know you in so much more of an intimate, we, this was our first time officially meeting. (laughs) (laughs) I know. And, and even getting online with you today, I felt so much more comfortable and, and excited to speak with you because I've seen the story of your last six months. And I think that that allows for so many people to feel so much more safe when they come to do business with you because they're they're effectively buying you. They're buying an executive, they're buying the employee, they're buying the sales rep, the, the project manager, because that is the face of the business, even if you have a really strong avatar. So that's one of the, the biggest tactics that we've taken. And actually we saw this really play out well with Amazon when we were doing an event for them. We were a partner, um, we were managing the communications and then our partner was doing the actual event management and execution. But it was interesting because Amazon empowered their executives with our team to come in and provide them content to put out across their social media to promote the event. And it was just interesting. Amazon actually did not choose to promote the event themselves, but they used the mouthpiece of these exact of these executives to really put forward the, the values, you know, drive home the values of why they were doing this event. Um, share the impact of it. And so it was, it's very notable that it is changing. The landscape is changing in terms of how brands are putting forward their stories. It's really through the the social media presence and then also thought leadership of their executives, you know, empowering them with actual retainers, um, you know, marketing agencies mm-hmm. on, on record. Um, and they're coming in and allowing these people to have you know, 10 grand per month. Hey, you know, come and get an agency of record, use them. They will be your advocate to put you out there and put you forward on our behalf, get speaking engagements, get in the news. You know, we want you, we trust you and we're empowering you uh, with support to actually build uh, an established presence. It's really powerful and it's making big waves. Oh, that's amazing. I didn't even think about that. But yeah, if if there was a a job you were trying to get and they said like, also, we're going to spend $10,000 a month on your brand. Like, woohoo. I know how amazing (laughs) is that? And talk about like retaining your employees. You know, you're, you're putting so much faith in them and showing them how valuable, you know, you are to the business. That's going to keep people strong and secure and loyal to you as a brand. So that's a whole other angle. And it'll tie you so much to the brand because the brand is the one controlling it. So, I mean, there's there's just benefits all over the place. Now, I will say this, though, because I've worked with a lot of small business owners and I was constantly trying to get them to like, hey, I'll just show up and we'll take some video. And they're like, oh, I can't stand video. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) How do you convince the executives and people like that to actually do the stuff that you need or, or just help create content? That's such a, such a good question. I mean, we've found that one, it's actually taking the time to do the training with them where we really hold their hand and make them feel safe. Um, Another point is we actually do a lot of the actual content creation for them. So Mm. it's, you know, either we're just going to create the the verbiage and you put it out there with pictures or we'll come in and, and kind of coach you through the videos. And this is where empathy come, comes into play, you know, being able to show them I've taken the time to get to know you on such an intimate scale. So I can actually write in your voice and I can give you the sound bites based on how intimately I know you and how intimately I know the brand. So really it's a lot of the, the responsibility rests on the marketing agency to 
be able to just make the the client feel so safe and so seen and so understood. Um, and so that's where we've found, that's where the empathy comes into play, but ultimately it's doing the training and then actually equipping them with the content itself to put out there. And sometimes we'll just post for them and, and they just kind of back off and they're like, <laughs> that's the best case scenario, but it's town. <laughs> do whatever you want. That's what I would yeah. do. I'd be like, I have a lot of stuff online. Could you just I grab know. it? <laughs> I know. Well, and that's something too, when creating the editorial calendars for, for these brands and for the executives, it's really the, the grunt work at the very beginning to establish a, a clear cadence to set the expectation for um, the type of content that you put out there, but also based on who they are and their values. So we do a deep dive into who they are and almost like a, a real it's an interview process, you know, well, tell me about your family. Tell me about even, I mean, we'll go back to even their childhood. Sometimes what are the stories we can pull from their childhood that made them who they are today? And then we create actual content buckets and and categories based off of those things. And then we even where the stories fit in Um, and just encourage them, you know, if we're meeting on a weekly basis to be able to encourage them, you know, what do you have coming up this month? What are those notable events? And then even encouraging them to your point of having solace in the middle of our day because we're alone in our own heads, just Mm. encouraging them to be more mindful and more aware of, well, how did you feel in that moment? Because the vulnerability of the posts and and allowing for the feelings to come forward, that's what people really resonate with. Not so much, oh, just as this is not, this is just what I'm doing. They want to know the being of the person as well Mm. as the actions. And then that's where the, the, the doing is really the professional side, but then the being is where their proprietary brand comes into play because the being of the person is what differentiates them from everybody else, but they have to effectively be in touch with their own (laughs) feelings and emotions Mm. to be able to put that out there. So there is a, a degree of emotional wherewithal and awareness that's needed to be able to promote a strong personal brand. I love that. Well, and it sounds like you're just doing like self-development for, you know, like you'll get marketing and self-development. It's like, so oh funny, God. Mark. <laughs> this is so kind great. It is kind of true. And even, I mean, even chatting with you, it's, it's, your brand is so much more powerful because you take the time to do the meditations. And then that's what comes forward is the reflection that you've done. And again, that's what made me feel comfortable with you and, and feel like I already had a rapport before we even met officially. So it's, it goes both oh, ways. It's and it's really powerful. <laughs> it's <working. laughs> all right. All right. Last, last question. This is a tricky one. What if you have an executive and they're just like the worst? Do you tweak, <laughs> do you tweak the brand a little bit? Like, oh, we're not going to talk about your obsession with that terrible thing. And we're going to focus on this. <laughs> oh, that's such a good question. Um, I will pretend that I I'll pretend I've that I've never I'm worked with anybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I mean, this is where I think that this is where it it has come face to face with will I be brave in saying no and not be driven by fear of, you know, where's my next client coming from? You know, being able to really trust my own values and trust my own personal brand that I'm effectively attracting the right people because of my authenticity and what I'm putting out there. But I mean, it's it's interesting. I really have been challenged recently to make uh, business decisions based on my values and saying no. Um, one clear example of this, of a, an organization that has made value-based decisions with their business is Southwest. They've done such an incredible job, um, specifically the the example back in, I believe it was 2008 or 2009, when they had to make the decision, are we going to charge customers for bags? Mm-hmm. And all of their competitors 
all of their competitors were doing that. And they made the decision not to, and they stood to lose about 500 million in just one year alone. But because of that decision, they attracted all these other people that didn't want to pay for bags, but it was because of their brand values, which was we we want people to have a fun and, and exciting experience. We want them to feel like they're getting a good value. Those two values were the bedrock of this big critical business decision. And as a result, it attracted their ideal target market. So at the end of the day, I would challenge, um, I guess it's like, if, if your customers are not in alignment with you, well, are you actually as strong of a brand as you think you might be? Because if, if you're attracting the wrong people, then you're probably not doing a great enough job of, of ensuring that your values are out there and that your character diamond uh. is that robust. No, that, that's that's a great answer. And I think for Southwest and, and just going back to the like consistency and development and constantly changing is when they screwed up everybody's flights at the end of yeah. December, <laughs> my wife got stuck in California. And oh, no. so, and they couldn't fix it for like days, but I think they had wow. built such brand loyalty and, yeah. and kind of that expectation that they'll figure it out. They're caring people. Yeah. They care about us. Like the next time I flew, like the, I think the week after that on Southwest and it was an amazing experience. And I was like, yeah. man, these guys, they could have just folded like that yes. could have happened. And they did it. I love <laughs> And Frankly, that brings it full circle to the mess. You know, the, the strength of the brand and the tenure of the strength of the brand allows for when there actually is a big mistake everyone is already so emotionally connected. I mean, I my flight was canceled on my way back from Sundance and I was like, oh, dang it. But I love Southwest and I almost didn't want to tell anyone that because I didn't want them to get any any crap, but because I really like the brand. I really oh. love them. They're they're so wonderful. Like every single touch point I have, again, going back to that customer journey, every touch point I have had with them to date has been so positive. I, I experienced the same type of feeling with every single one of their, with their employees. And so when you have that strong brand, the values translate down to the feeling that's manifested from the, uh, you know, at the individual level from the junior staff all the way up to C-suite. So it's really powerful. Oh, it's yeah. I, I think they're yeah, excellent example. It's been a great episode. Thank you, Christine. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> all right, where, where can people uh, learn more about you and what you do? Yeah, you can go to christinemarie.com and go to LinkedIn. I have on christinemarie.com, there's a free checklist if they would like to, to download the, the approach that we took and the, the tactics we used for creating the Amazon uh, executive social media. And one such post uh, secured 688,000 organic impressions. So we, we like our approach. <laughs> yes, I was like, that's incredible. I'm going to check that out right after this. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you, Mark. It was great chatting with you. Well, thank you so much. And thank you, listener, for tuning in. Be sure to hit that follow button so you get notified when all of our new episodes release. Please share this with that friend who is clueless about digital marketing. And don't forget to visit digitalmarketer.com where you can access all of our courses, certifications, and training programs. Thanks again, everyone. And we'll see you next time. This is Digital Marketer.